Woo! How y'all doing this morning? Come on. Listen, I just want to start off by welcoming you to Transformation Church. If you're late, my name is Brad Livingston. I'm the pastor here. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. My name is Patrick Waters. And uh, when I tell you that it is an absolute honor for me to be here, I mean that. Pastor Brad and I were just backstage and I looked at him and I don't know if you know this, Pastor Brad's a crier. I'm not. I see you guys have been on my Facebook page. I cry at Publix commercials at Christmas time. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you know, you seen him. Little boy comes home all cold, shaking, mama hugs him. Anywho, I look at Pastor Brad and I said, man, thank you for letting me be here. It is an honor to stand in another man's pulpit. They don't give those away. So for me, it's a complete honor. It's a complete blessing. Give you a little story. I got to spend this last semester with your staff. We went through something that they're going to be rolling out in the fall, and and you're all going to want to sign up for it. But just the first go around, not everybody's going to be able to get in. I'm just going to let you know right now. It's called Freedom Group. Um, It started from Church of the Highlands up in um, Birmingham, Alabama, and it is amazing. I've been saved 22 years as of June 1st, and I told them, come on, that's right, God is good. God is faithful. And I told them at the beginning, I wish I would have had this 22 years ago because how different life would be, you know, and getting to spend time with your staff, I can tell you, you have one of the most amazing group of people that absolutely love God and absolutely love you that any church on the planet could have. And so, thank you. Thank you, Pastor. I love you. And so, just so you know who I am, I got a picture I want to show y'all. This is my family. Did I mess it up? Yep. I sent a copy of a copy because I don't know computers. Okay, in case you didn't know it, that's me. This is my wife. Stand up, baby. Woo! These are my three children. This is Elijah Ace Waters. I wanted Ace to be his first name, but some people wouldn't go for it. (laughs) This is my middle child, Zoe. She is named Zoe because she is our rainbow baby. And uh, the Bible says a hope deferred makes the heart weak, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life, a tree of Zoe. And this little muffin right here, we call her the colonel because she barks out orders at everybody and everybody listens. That's my Karis Rose. Care, care, stand up on your chair and wave at the people. Say hi. She's shy now, but you give her like seven minutes, she's gonna be on stage with me. She, uh, her name comes from the Greek word Eucharisto, which means Thanksgiving. And the root word of it, and my wife always says I say it wrong, is charis. I can't roll my R's. I'm Mexican, but I speak better German than Mexican because I can't roll my R's. True story. True story. And so this is my family. I have this family because of your building and the building across the street. I told you I got saved June 1st of 1996, and I got saved out of a very rough lifestyle. And I got saved at Brownsville Assembly of God. I got filled with the Holy Ghost, with tongues in this room. Come on. The first time I walked in this room 
after being gone for 20 years, I was with Pastor Brad and Pastor Justin, and we came up right there behind that wall, and we turned the corner, and I just froze, and I was like, whoa, the presence of the Holy Spirit is in this house. There's a rich history in this room, and I'm going to teach you a very important lesson. If you look through the Bible and you look through history, anywhere the Holy Spirit showed up, a remnant has remained. There's a remnant here that is calling Transformation Church. Not any other church on this block, this house, this family, to a better place to a deeper place, to a longing to just be closer to God. And that is not my sermon. That is like the preface to the sermon. And they didn't start the yellow timer, so I can go as long as I want. We got an hour break between services. But once we get started, y'all going to be like, mm, come on, that's good. Anna, don't go nowhere. God's got a word for you. Come here, baby. Stay right there. The Holy Spirit wants you to know Your voice is his gift. It is an anointing that he has put on you. Your voice is stronger than you give yourself credit for. Your anointing is stronger than you even know. And when you can get past that fear of, can I push it? He says, no, you can't, but I will push it. That it's going to take you to places, you and your fiance, in the natural world, in the spirit world, you two are going to lead the way into battle for Transformation Church that will just knock down walls. Walk in your anointing. That's the word of the Lord for you. I'm not crying. You're crying. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you so much for your faithfulness when we are not faithful. We thank you so much for your presence when we are walking the other way. We thank you that, that we have breath in our lungs. We thank you that we are able to come together as a family and worship the name of Jesus. And we ask it all in your son's name. Amen. So like I said, 22 years I've been saved, and there's one person I've probably preached on more than anybody else in the Bible. He's one of my favorite. I definitely identify with him, and we're going to talk about him today. When you talk about flipping the script, you cannot flip it any harder than what Jesus did to my boy Peter. Woo, come on, some of you people in here know. You know, let me ask you some quick trivia, old school trivia. How many disciples were there? It's not a trick question. Everybody can talk. You don't got to raise your hand. Twelve. She needs to be an elder in this church. She's the only one that knew. (laughs) Out of twelve, how many were close to Jesus? Okay, hint. Three. Who were they? Peter, James, and John. How many beloveds did Jesus have? What was his name? Let me just tell you something. The only place in the Bible where it says John, the one Jesus loved, was written by John. (laughs) That would be like me saying, I am Patrick, the one Jesus. Like, Jesus loves us all equally. That's like asking me which one's my favorite kid. None of them. 
that was wrong. All of them. I guess it's half glass full empty. I don't know. All of them are my favorite kids. We are all Jesus' favorite. But I found myself growing up. Now, I'm a pastor's kid, but I didn't get saved till 23. I was that pastor's kid. So from 23 up until a year and a half ago when I went through Freedom Group, I struggled to want to be John. I wanted to lay my head on Jesus' chest. But you know who I am? I'm Peter. Jesus needed something done. What did he say? <sighs> Peter, go get the money out of the fish's mouth. All right. Just kidding, I can't fish. He got me. Buddy Dan. Oh, come on. We need to talk later. I need his number, Pastor. <laughs> Peter carried a sword. I carry modern day swords everywhere I go. Listen, I'm a very, I love Jesus, but don't break in my house or try to hurt my kids. That's the only rule. All bets are off when it comes to that. Or Pastor Brad or J.O. if they're with me. Seriously. Um, he said stupid things. And Peter denied Christ. Anybody else in here deny Christ? I did. It was the most painful thing I've ever done in my life. I was in Bible college, running and gunning. It's late March. I'm about to graduate Bible college, and, and I worked out of Nautica. The reason I worked out of Nautica is because we got like 45% off clothes. And then I had a buddy that worked at Polo. And then one of my buddies worked at Brooks Brothers. And then one at J. Crew, but I don't wear baby shirts or tiny pants, so I could never, <laughs> I could never shop there. But Polo, back then, I was probably a good couple hundred pounds lighter. And uh, I could wear their clothes. And I'm sitting there one day on cash register, and I'm tearing it up, man, one-handed. Beep, 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 bag in one hand. They didn't even know what to do. They're going to make me manager. I was like, I don't want to work here. I get the same discount you do without the headache. Why do I want to do that? And then I look up and I'm like, wow, that looks like my ex-girlfriend from high school. Oh my God, that is my ex-girlfriend from high school. And so she's there with her new dude. He didn't have nothing on me. And uh, they're shopping. Old boy goes to into the dressing room to uh, try on jeans. I'm behind the restaurant. Old girl's like, hey, how you doing? I was like, good. You? She goes, good. Just graduated from USA. I'm about to go to law school. I was like, sweet. I said, well, just so you know, I'm about to graduate college. I don't know if you heard. I'm clean and I'm sober. You hear what I said there? Clean and sober. I didn't say I was saved. I didn't say God, God radically transformed my life. I said, I am clean and sober. That's awesome. Where are you going to school? In Pensacola. What are you majoring in? Business. Complete lie. I was majoring in pastoral studies. I wanted to be a youth pastor. Have a perm mullet so I could relate to kids. <laughs> and she said, I'm so proud of you. I always knew you could do it. And the reason she broke up with me is because back then, I drank a lot and did a lot of drugs and did stupid stuff. And she was better than that. And then she left, and I was broken. I was a puddle on the floor. I looked at my manager. I said, I'm leaving. She goes, count your drawer. I said, you count my drawer. I'm leaving. 
you need to fire me, fire me. I don't care. I'm out. And I cried the ugliest, snot bubble, headache-inducing cry from Foley all the way to the dorms on Highway 98. And when I got there, I walked in the dorms, went down the hall, went upstairs, said nothing to nobody, was bawling. But you know what? Thank God for brothers. My brothers started following into my room. I'm sitting on my bed, and I'm crying so hard, my, my ribs hurt. And they start coming in, and after there's about 30 dudes in there, they're like, what happened? And I said, I deny Christ, and now I'm going to go to hell. <laughs> I denied Christ. I denied Christ. I denied everything he did for me on June 1st. I denied everything he did for me on June 22nd, the night I got saved, and I'll tell you more about that in a minute. I denied everything he did with me for when I was at conferences, and I literally have laid hands on blind people, and they've seen. I've laid hands on deaf people, and they've heard. I have spoken to dry wombs and said, you will have a baby, and guess what happened? They had a baby. Good friends of mine sitting on a second row. Y'all raise your hands. Dan and Heather, some of my closest friends. And next to them is Justin and Adrian, more closest friends. That's my family right there, and they came out to support me, and I thank them. Heather was told they couldn't have a kid. The Holy Spirit woke me up one day about 3 o'clock in the morning and said, tell Dan and Heather, I almost said Justin and Heather, <laughs> tell Dan and Heather they're going to have a baby. I said, okay. And I went to them at church. I was like, hey, come here, guys. Come, come, come here. Um. Holy Spirit said, you guys are going to conceive a baby of your own. And I was like, that's probably pretty awesome, dope news, huh? Heather goes, don't you put that on me. <laughs> She's like, my Hadley, how old was Hadley then? Seven? Hadley's seven. She's potty trained. She goes to bed on time. She's well behaved. I'm not trying to. I was like, okay. Four years later, Dan calls me. Crying like I was crying, coming out. He's talking like, bro, you gotta calm down. Well, you don't understand. I'm like, bro, Heather's pregnant. And I was like, whoa. I was like, don't mess with my emotions right now. That's not even funny. It is not April 1st. And they had a baby. And it was amazing. And it was the Lord. But I denied Christ. And it hurt for a long, 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 long time. And so I told you all that to tell you who I was talking about, Peter. So now, let's get into it. Y'all ready? Anybody got Bible? Real Bible? Paper Bible? Can I borrow it? I don't got one. No, I'm just kidding. I'm iPadding it. I want you to turn with me to Matthew 14, starting in 22 to 33. There's a lot of scripture. But you know what? You can't read enough scripture. And can I let you know a little secret about your Bible? Your Bible is not meant to be a devotion tool. The primary use of your Bible is an offensive weapon, period. Remember that. Give me one second. In 22, it says, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. 
and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. That's pretty awesome. I wish I could walk on water. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take care, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it is you, replied Peter, tell me to come on the water. Come on. That's how I imagine Jesus said it. Because he knew Peter was talking kind of with like a zeal of belief, like he believed, but kind of like, if it's really you, call me on the water. <laughs> and I could just see Jesus right now. This is not in your Bible. This is the Patrick inspired version. I can see Jesus going, come on, come on. So Peter said, Pfft. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately. I love that word. Immediately. Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said, I like the King James Version, Karen. Oh, ye of little faith. Why doeth thou doubt? And when he climbed into the boat and the wind died down, then those who were in the boat worshiped, saying, truly, you are the son of God. <sighs> there is so much meat in just those few verses. But I want to give you a little backstory before this. Do you know what happened right before this story? It says, it's when they fed the 5,000. They took a couple fish. They took a little bread. They got some peanut oil. They had the biggest fish po' boy of recorded history. Fed 5,000 men. That's just the men. It didn't even record the women and the children. That's a lot of po' boys. That tartar sauce is going to go bad, y'all. That's what happened right before this. And so the boys were tired. Plus, at the end of that, Jesus said, Brad, Justin, you guys take this leftovers and you guys go that way to Pensacola, Florida. And you lead Transformation Church and you give them this bread and you give them this fish and you feed them physically. And then you feed them spiritually and then send them out with bread and fish for this whole city. That's what the Lord has done. And that's why they got in the boat. And that's why they sent him off. And what I want you to know, point number one, is that God wants to use you. If you are in this room today and you have done what Romans 10 said, that you have believed in your heart and you've confessed with your mouth, what are you? Half the people here are saved. It's going to be a good altar call. I'm going to try it one more time. If you believe in your heart, and y'all need to get excited about this. I'm excited because I know what Jesus did for me. I know where I am because he said he immediately, when I got on my knees, reached his hand down and said, come on, Patrick. I got work for you to do. He said, come on, Karen. I got work for you. Come on, Anna. I got work for you. Come on, Pastor. I got work for you. Back when he was just Brad. 
What's your middle name? What's his middle name, y'all? Bradley David, like your mama would say. I got work for you. He thought it was. <laughs> Miss Kathy, you still got it, mama. He got you. <laughs> I have got work for you. If you are saved, God wants to use you. Now, most of you need to be glad that you are not called to preach. It is a heavy burden. Every time I want to preach, I want to throw up. It's like the movie Any Given Sunday. I literally almost throw up every time because of the scripture passage that said, not many of us should be teachers, for we will be judged more severely for what we teach. You know, I, I love being the number two to any pastor, especially Pastor Josh. Because like when we were in youth ministry, I could do whatever I want. He would get blamed for it. He got called into his dad's office many times going, what made you think it was a good idea to put green food color in a gallon of milk and have kids chug it and then allow them to throw up? But like every good leader, he never said it was Patrick. He said, I know, dad, my bad. It won't happen again. And then when we got in trouble for allowing kids to chug a two liter of Dr. Pepper, see who could belch the loudest. Got called in the office for that. That time I got called in the office too. I, I had moved up a little. <laughs> I wasn't number one. I was like one and seven eighths. But I went to the office and it hurt. <laughs> Jesus wants to use you. If you don't believe me, let's look in his word. Ezekiel 22:30. it's not on the screen. It says, I looked for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand before me on, in the gap on behalf of the land. So I would not have to destroy it, but I found none. Transformation Church, right now, today, that is applicable to this house. Jesus is looking for every single one of us to stand in the gap. Stand in the gap against racism. Stand in the gap against income inequality. To stand in the gap to protect women. To stand in the gap to protect these young children who don't have fathers, who don't have mothers. We are to do that. The Government was never designed, never designed to take care of welfare. You know who's called to do that? We, the church. That's what we're called to do. That's why they said to Moses, Jethro said to Moses, you do not need to be worrying about who needs to be getting food and who didn't eat. You need to get people. That's what we are, Transformation Church. We are the body of Christ. We're supposed to sell all that we have so none would have need. You want that Acts 2 church? Sell what you got. Give what you got. Let me tell you something. I get in so much trouble because I give. But after many years of marriage, I have learned to ask. Baby, can we pay for this person's tuition to go to college this semester? Because their mom's a crackhead and they weren't able to apply for student loans. And you know what my wife did? She went, yeah. And I did that. And it was amazing. And you know how the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength? Do something for someone where they don't have the ability to repay or that you get anything out of and see the joy of the Lord. You can bench press a truck when that happens, Jack. I promise you. Look in Isaiah 6. Woe to me, I cried, for I am ruined. Oops. I am a man of unclean lips. 
And I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. When he touched it to my mouth and said, see, whoa, hold on. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt has been taken away and your sin atoned for. Once we are forgiven and once we ask for forgiveness of our sins, here's the best part, y'all. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whoo, y'all need to get excited. Y'all got saved. You can hear the voice of the Lord and he is saying, whom shall I send? And you know what you're going to say? Hold on, hold on. And who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. He's looking always. Ephesians 2.10 said, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to, good, to do good works, which God has prepared us in advance to do. God is looking for you today. And I want you to know that for some of us, we're in the boat like the disciples and we're a little scared. And the Lord is like, come on, come on, come on. And one thing I love about Peter is that when he was in the boat, yeah, he was kind of stupid and cocky, but he got out of the boat. You know what that means? 11 other dudes stayed in the boat. 11 other dudes had fear. 11 other dudes did not trust that they were not going to get swallowed up by the ocean. You know what they had? Fear. You know what fear is? Fear is the belief that God's love ends. Peter had the knowledge to go, you know what? I am kind of cocky and I am kind of stupid, but here we go. Whoop. So, and, and that brings me to point number two. Point number two is the storms will come. Peter's out of the boat. And yeah, God, I just want to walk on water one time. Looking at your baptismal pool, I think I can make it. <laughs> These are my Easter good shoes, so I'm not going to try it. The storms in your life are going to come. I told you I got saved June 1st of 96. Started Bible college January 13th of 97. In roughly September, October of 97, an amazing man came to chapel. White-haired, silver-haired fox. Had this dope white mustache. I mean, when he first walked on stage, oh man, I got 13 minutes. Scared me to death. When he first walked on stage, I was like, he must be an angel. And he started preaching to us. And he started preaching about guilt and sin. And he started talking about Jim Baker. Some of y'all don't remember Jim Baker because you're too young. And some of y'all that are my age or older, you remember Jim Baker. But let me ask you this. What, what happened to Jim Baker? Fell into sin. Doesn't matter, brother, led tens of thousands of people to God. What you remember is that he fell into sin. And what I remember about that sermon is Pastor Dan Livingston was preaching and said, you know what I think about Jim Baker? 
I don't think about Jim Baker confessing his sin. I think about the two weeks before he confessed his sin. How he would lay in his bed at night crying out to the Lord because he knew he was wrong. Crying out to the Lord because he knew not if, but when this got out, it would change everything. If we do not think that our sin will get out, you're crazy. The Bible says it will be shouted from the rooftops. All things are brought out of the darkness into the light. All them verses me and Brad's mamas used to preach at us when we were kids. It comes out. See, sometimes the storms in our life are decisions that we made. And so I had to get up that day and I had to walk from the back row because I was a back row Bible school student, I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so I had to dip out. And I was one of the last people to go down and I, and I went to the professor and I said, uh, hey man, I, uh, I, I blew it. I, uh, I had relationships with, with a girl that I shouldn't have had. And I'll never forget the, the past, the, the, the professor, he led me to the Lord. And so when I told him, he went from this, hey man, oh no. And I got kicked out of school that day. And it was one of the best days of my life because even in the midst of the storm, God brought me through. Even in the midst of that storm, he immediately reached down his hand and he picked me up. Now, I'm not gonna tell you that it didn't hurt a lot. Because I'm one of those people that kind of knows everybody. And so when I first went back to church, it was a Tuesday night prayer. I literally walked in like Peter after he denied Christ. And I had people that came up to me and just gave me a hug. said, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I hate what you did, but I love that you're here. That's what happened to Peter. That's what happened to Peter when he got back in the boat because the storms in our life are going to come. Now, sometimes the storms in our life come that aren't our choice. I told you we have a rainbow, baby. That's the most painful thing I've ever gone through in my life. But immediately, God reached down his hand. I've had the, the honor and the fortune to build relationship with these two brothers on the front row. And Pastor Brad, I consider him a brother. And we've had that conversation. Look, I'm not, I'm not going to go to lunch with you and debate theology. We're going to go to lunch and we're going to laugh. And we're going to goof off and we're going to be brothers. We're going to talk about Jesus because we always do. We're going to have a good time. And I can tell you that you're now my hero. <laughs> Because I've watched you walk with strength that would wipe out most men. And I love you. We don't always get to have choose our storms. I'm going to preach through the music. <laughs> we'll lead that. A little backstory to the backstory about feeding the 5,000. You know what happened right before they fed the 5,000? 
It says the disciples were so busy coming and going, doing the work of the Lord, that they didn't have time to eat or sleep. And Jesus said, come away with me to a quiet place and rest. They got in the boat, they went across the lake, and when they got across the lake, the people were all there waiting. And it says, Jesus felt sorry for them, for they were like a sheep with no shepherd, and he ministered to the people. Transformation Church, I want to say thank you so much for letting my brother rest. But I can promise you this, he's going to come back stronger. And Transformation Church is going to go places it never could have gone before because of the healing that the Holy Spirit has done in your pastor. But him and I were hanging out the other day, and I told him, it's been eight or nine years since my baby died. And mostly I'm good. But every once in a while, it comes like a mighty, mighty wind, like that storm, boat in the storm. And, and, and it feels the same way it felt nine years ago. There's going to be times where, where you have to just have grace. You know, I told you about June 22nd of 96. I was sitting in the balcony across the street and I had just gotten baptized and and I was sitting there and, and, and the pastor's preaching and he's in the middle of his sermon and he said, Patrick's son, where are you? I was like, oh God, I didn't steal nothing. I was like, and he gave me a word that says, the Lord is gonna use you mightily. It doesn't matter how you look, it doesn't matter how you dress, it doesn't matter what you do, it's not gonna matter. All that's gonna matter is you're gonna go into dark places and you are gonna pull people out. Storms came in my life and I needed to rest. After I rested, I felt good. And then I went out there and I did the work of the Lord again. So know, know that you are called. Know that the storms are gonna come, but here's the best part, y'all ready? Point number three, God will be glorified in your storms. Let me tell you something, when that storm comes and your life and you, even if you have to get picked up, that's okay. Because when you come back and you walk into a place with your head high and you walk with a smile on your face, people are gonna go, whoa, he's either crazy or there's something different. And when you got that something different, people are gonna come to you and they're gonna pull you aside and they're gonna say, uh, what's going on, man? And you're gonna say, let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you what my Jesus did for me. And I can promise you now, there are people around the country that are saved because of the pain that we've gone through, my wife and I. I've led people to the Lord because of that. I have sat in hospital rooms with people that aren't even believers, that are friends of friends, because they know what we've been through, and I put my arm around them. And you know what I told them? Nothing. I didn't have to simple fact that I was there standing side by side loving on him was all the words I had to say and God will be glorified God will be glorified if you want to reach your full potential you must hand over every area of your life to God do you know what Peter showed us when he started the fall in the water that the spirit of abortion is alive in all of us because we abort God's will all the time. 
we willfully choose to take our eyes off of Christ. We willfully choose to walk away from what we know is right and true. The Bible says, he who knows the things he ought to do and does not do them, to him it is sin. We choose that. I want you to choose today, Transformation Church, to get out of the boat with boldness. I want you to know that God wants to use you and he wants to use you right here in TC. You know what I mean? You know what one of the most important ministries in the church is to me? Not the coffee ministry. The people at the front door that greet you when you come in here. Many years ago at North Campus, had a guy walk in and like my thing I used to love to do is I stood between right both sets of doors. And even though we had greeters, I was the greeter. Hey, how you doing? Man, I'm so glad you're here. Come here. Hey, how's your mom and them? You still got that bad little boy that you don't spank and let him run around church the whole time and make noise during service? I'm like, you know we got a nursery, right? Oh, he cries. He can cry in the nursery and the pastor can still preach and nobody can really hear him. I'm just gonna throw that out there. And this dude walked in and we loved on him. And like I told you, I'm like Peter, I carry a sword and I'm the armor bearer for Josh Lipscomb, no apologies. And so after church, we're standing there and this sketchy looking dude walks up. I need to talk to you. So immediately I'm like, we would love to talk to you. Let's go to the office. I didn't know what dude was gonna say. We get in the office and, and he sits down and he said, I just want you to know that I was on my way to kill myself today. I was driving down Nine Mile Road and I was gonna go to the bluffs and I have a 38 in my car and I was gonna kill myself. He said, but I was greeted at the door by somebody who shook my hand and meant it and smiled and said, I'm so glad that you're here today. And he said, and for the very first time I felt loved. So now I'm not gonna kill myself. That's the most important ministry in this church. After that, you know what's the most important ministry in this church? Kids. Nothing's more important than kids ministry. I, I don't care. Listen, if you got a kid, you need to talk to Kristen, Christina, and you need to be serving once a month in there. And there's enough people here with kids that if we did it right, you wouldn't have to serve but once every two months. And you know what would happen? Every single child in there would have a grown-up in there who would have the ability to say, come to me, sit on my lap. Let me read you this story. Some of y'all didn't see it, but when my daughter walked in today, you know the first thing she did? Sat on my lap and wrapped daddy's arms around her. I'm gonna share a little something about your, your pastor because I love him and because I have the microphone and I've only got a minute left. His vision is to have a hundred sons with a hundred sons. That's, that's what he considers to be successful in life. If he has a hundred spiritual sons with a hundred spiritual sons. In order to do that, it has to start with you. You have to be able to look at this man as a spiritual father. And when he says, I need you too, dot, dot, dot. Your only answer is yes, pastor because he's gonna do it because the Holy Spirit has spoken into him and has talked to him about, talked to you about him. He's not just gonna pull you random and go, uh, excuse me, ma'am, 
I would like you to change the light bulbs. I don't have a ladder. I don't have one of them tall poles. I just get it done. All right, thanks. That's crazy. That's setting you up for failure. But he has the team here that he's going to come behind. The team's going to come behind and they're going to coach you. They're going to lead you. They're going to hold your arms up when they're tired. And the work of the Lord will be done. Last thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to let you all go. One of the greatest illustrations I ever did when I was a youth pastor was I got a folding chair and I sat on stage. There was a little girl named Ayla Ross, and I called her High Pockets because she was in junior high and she came up, she was about as high as my pockets on my jeans. And I brought her on stage. I said, Ayla, um, you love me, right? Yes. You trust me, right? Yes. I need you to do one thing for me. Okay. I need you to pick me up. And she was like, um, okay. She wraps her arms around a leg and she gets a leg off the ground. I'm like, stop, 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 you're gonna drop me. And then I took the chair and I sat down. And I said, you, 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 you and you. And you and you and you. <laughs> I got eight of the littlest junior high girls that I could ever get. I said, now everybody get around me. Everybody put your hands on the chairs. Nobody freaking drop me. I said, on the count of three, you're going to all pick me up. And they're looking at each other like, uh, uh, one. I said, listen, listen, we're going to do one, two, three, lift. Not lift on three, one, two, three, lift. And they all pick me up. And then they all put me down. Because when we get together and we get out of the boat and we have that boldness of who we are and we know who we are and what we've done, nothing can stop us as a team. There's nothing we can't pick up. Let me, let me take it deeper. There's no one we can't pick up. Amen? TC Church, I believe today that there are people in this room that the storms have rocked your boat. I believe that some of you stepped out in faith and that when you stepped out of the boat, you began to sink. And it didn't feel like Jesus was there immediately. Well, I want you to know that Jesus was there. Otherwise, you'd be dead. I want you to know that Jesus is not done with you. Because of the storms are our, oh, my bad. Because of the storms are our choices, bad choices we've made, it can all be fresh and clean. The Bible says if you ask for forgiveness, he is faithful and just to forgive. And so we're just going to pray. And Father God, Lord, I just thank you so much for TC Church, Father God. I thank you for allowing me to be here. I thank you for the truth that you spoke, that they are called, that the storm will come, and that you will be glorified. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you. And right now in your seats, with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, if you need step out of the boat today if you've had the storms in your life and you're tired and you just need immediately for Jesus to lift you up or if you've never accepted Jesus into your heart Romans 10 9 says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is your Lord and that Christ raised him from the dead or God raised him from the dead you're saved if that's you today raise your hand come on I see that hand Come on, 
Come on. Amen. Father God, I thank you for those hands, Lord. I thank you for the hands that didn't go up because of the lie the devil tells them. You've been in TC since it started. You can't put your hand up. What will people think? And I release you right now from that lie. And I speak truth over you that if something is 99% true, it is a complete lie. Because the voice of God always speaks life, even when it corrects. I bless today, Father, and I ask it all in your son's name. Amen.